So the NFL draft wrapped up over the weekend, and I wanted to give you this list earlier in the week, but there's just been so much happening in the Big 12, so I'm holding it for now, and that is my top five Big 12 steals of the 2023 NFL draft. So before I get to that, uh, the draft was in Kansas City this year. I was there as a Kansas City resident, and it was absolutely fantastic. If you ever have a chance to go to an NFL draft, if it's in your hometown, if it's drivable for you and the boys, get in the car, make the trip. You won't be disappointed, and it's just a cool time. Now, I was there with two little kids, so that's a little bit different. Um, I'm not there drinking beers, definitely not Bud Light, but I'm not there drinking beers and doing all that stuff, but I'm just there with the family doing the family stuff, and it was awesome. But it's one of those events where it was made and worked great for families, but it also would have worked great if you wanted to hang out Watch the picks, you know, happen, unfold, and enjoy a great environment with uh, tens of thousands of your closest friends. It's a really cool spot, a really cool time. And if you have a chance to get to one, I highly recommend you do it. Next year, the NFL draft is uh, in Detroit. By the way, you're watching Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. We are your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Been running this bad boy, owning it for, geez, close to nine years and we now are reaching millions of Big 12 fans every month. So if you're new to the show, thank you for being here. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit it on uh, the podcast as well because every single one of those helps us in the YouTube, iTunes, Spotify algorithm. So thanks so much for doing that. All right, let's run down the top five uh, Big 12 NFL draft steals. Now remember, these are steals. These are not guys who I think are going to be uh, or are first-round picks who are going to be big stars. These are guys who got a lot of value, right? That's what this is about, and that's what I was going for here with this rundown. So these are not going to be first-rounders. In fact, I've got mostly six-rounders, sixth-rounders on this list. So my number one steal, though, is a guy who went late in the second round, and that's Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims, to me, I know he's a little undersized. He's 5'11", but he runs really well. He sells that double move. OU fans watched it the last several years. He tracks a great deep ball, and he's most importantly in a situation where he's not going to be the main target for any defense playing Denver. That's where he went in the late second round of the Denver Broncos. That's obviously going to be Jared Judy. So he's got an offensive first head coach now in Sean Payton. He will do everything he can to turn Marvin Mims into a productive NFL talent. So this is a great landing spot for Marvin Mims. Like As a Chiefs fan, I don't want him to do well, at least not when he's playing Kansas City. But I will say this much. Denver's not going to be the dumpster fire that they were last year. They just they can't be, right? I, like, I mean, I guess they could. I'm not going to complain if they are. But I I really don't think they're going to be as terrible as they were last year. I think it was a horrible year for so many reasons. What could go wrong did go wrong for Russell Wilson, um, you know, moving on from Seattle. And Sean Payton is going to have that thing at least trending in a much more positive direction. And Marvin Mims, you steal that dude late second round. Man, that's that's a very good look for the Denver Broncos in the NFL draft. Now, next up on my uh, Big 12 steals, jump all the way to the sixth round. Now, you could find maybe a steal or two earlier. 
You want to say Kendra Miller, TCU running back to the Saints, some other options. I'm going down to the sixth round. A lot of value Big 12 guys went in the sixth round. Xavier Hutchinson, Houston Texans. Of course, the wide receiver from Iowa State, he went in the sixth round. This dude, I mean, okay, he doesn't jump off the page at you in terms of being a freak athlete. Okay, fine, he, he doesn't. But he's a big guy. I mean, he's okay. He's not six. He's six two two zero three. It's he's he's not five ten. A buck eighty soaking wet. I mean, he's got some size to him, right? So Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State wide receiver, six two two zero three. Body control and toughness that you would want in a wide receiver. You can't always teach that stuff. He was tremendously productive at Iowa State for an offense that was horrendous. I mean, this was the worst. Big 12 offense in the league last year. He was the only real weapon. He was the guy that everybody was dialed in on. And what did he do? Well, he was great. He finished with 107 catches last year. 40 more than the next best receiver in the Big 12. That's right. He may not have that top-end speed that some teams want. Okay, fine. But Xavier Hutchinson in the sixth round is an incredible value pick for Houston. And a lot of people love what Houston did. And the team that they put together, the draft that they had, I mean, the AFC is stacked, so it may not pay off this year for Houston. It may take a little time to build. But all in all, you look at a guy like Xavier Hutchinson, just given another weapon to C.J. Stroud, and, and not that he's going to be a you know number one target by next year out of the sixth round, but all in all, uh, that is an absolute steal. Iowa State Xavier Hutchinson ending up with uh, the Houston Texans in the sixth round. Now, speaking of that sixth round, you know where I'm going next, right? Y- you know. Come on, you know. You all saw the viral clip of the old man crying, didn't you? Deuce Vaughn. K-State running back, also a sixth-round pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm not pretending to be some NFL draft expert. I'm not. Watch the Big 12, love college football, love college basketball. I, I, I like the draft. Don't get me wrong. I follow it. But I'm not sitting here as some diehard draft nerd breaking down picks and 40-yard dash times and the cone drill and all that kind of stuff. I just I don't, I don't do it. I don't bother. I, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than that. Um <laughs> But with that being said, I, I, I didn't think Deuce at 5'5 five five was going to be a guy who was going to go in the, certainly, obviously, not first or second. I, I figured third was a stretch, but I thought fourth or fifth round. And I would have loved to have seen Andy Reid and the Chiefs pick him up. Could you imagine Deuce Vaughn? I mean, I know they took a K-Stater, so I can't be too upset. But um, I, I, I just, could you imagine that weapon for Andy Reid? I know he's tiny, man, but the guy plays bigger than he is, and he avoids the big hits. He just does. Like, we get it. Deuce is 5'5", but when you turn on the tape, he's so shifty that he rarely takes those huge hits that would make you worry about his size. Now, yes, that could change at the next level, but his ability to run and catch the ball out of the backfield or the slot, make him the kind of player, just like Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson went eighth overall because he's not just a running back. He can play out of the slot. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. It's a win-win situation for whoever drafts these guys. And Deuce Vaughn is that. Now, he's not Bijan. I'm not saying that he is. But dang, the guy can, can do all that. And you know what? In the sixth round, 
Deuce Vaughn may, I guess, be one huge hit from a massive injury because of his size. But you know what? In the sixth round, you take that chance. And now Deuce gets reunited with his father, who is a scout for the Dallas Cowboys. If you haven't seen that video, it's a great viral video of uh, Deuce Vaughn's father crying as the Dallas Cowboys select his son, where, of course, he is a scout. So it's a really cool story, and I am very much surprised that he fell this far. I, I would have guessed fourth or fifth round, to be totally honest. But once again, I'm biased towards the Big 12 guys, and I, I wholeheartedly admit that. Uh, next up on Big 12 draft steals, Dante Stills, West Virginia D lineman, Arizona Cardinals, also in the sixth round. Now, Dante was a consistent bright spot during a rough few seasons in Morgantown. He's a better prospect than his brother, Darius, who spent some time with the Raiders, as I recall. His brother was, what, two years older? Uh, Dante was like a four, maybe not a five-star guy, but he was a much bigger recruit than Darius, and he appeared in more games at West Virginia than any other player in history. His dad... Um, you know, spent a decade in the NFL, brother spent a little bit of time in the NFL, cup of coffee, but still spent some time there, played in 58 career games, started 36, 52 and a half tackles for loss. That's the most of any Mountaineer fourth in West Virginia history with 23 and a half sacks. You play that many snaps. Those are going to come in handy for any player making that jump to the next level. He may not be the perfect size or fit for the interior of a defensive line, but he's going to make a quality rotational piece. He plays hard. He plays smart. He's got quick hands, a good first step to get in the gaps and disrupt plays. I believe that Dante Stills can be a guy who hangs around the NFL for a few years and will ultimately end up being a player that people look at and say, you know, we, sh- we, should, have, we should have seen Dante Stills. He's, he's a you know contributing NFL member, an NFL player, and we should have seen this coming because of what he did with the West Virginia Mountaineers. And he was a, a stalwart, solid dude who hung around through, you know, the end of Dana and then, you know, it's been a mediocre run with Neil Brown. My last, my last Big 12 NFL draft steal of this past weekend. You got to do it, right? You got to do it. Max Duggan. I mean, come on. I, you know, Guy's the Heisman runner-up. He goes down in the seventh round. You got to say that's a steal. I'm not saying Duggan's going to be challenging Justin Herbert for the starting job. He went to the Chargers in the seventh round. But, you know, he's a quick learner, fast processor. He got Sonny Dykes' system down pat, huh? Led that team to a uh, national championship game. Better runner than he's given credit for. Effective in the short passing game in TCU's run-pass offense. Now, he's not a... We understand... Um, he's not Mr. Accurate out there. We get that. He's got plenty to learn about the NFL and the position in the NFL. But uh, let's not overlook the fact that, hey, last year, the last Big 12 player taken in the NFL draft, or I should say the last Big 12 quarterback taken in the NFL draft was who? San Francisco 49ers taking Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. Now, Duggan was not Mr. Irrelevant, but he was the last Big 12 quarterback taken and the last quarterback in the entire draft selected in the seventh round by the Chargers. So, 
you know, I, I'm listen, I'm not jumping saying he's going to be Brock Purdy or anything like that, but I just like the storyline. The last quarterback last year was Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. The last quarterback this year selected is Max Duggan, seventh round of the Chargers TCU. It's a cool storyline. Now, I don't think Max Duggan's taken the Chargers to a uh, uh, to the playoffs or anything like that or a championship game like Brock Purdy did, but you know what? I, I just think that he's a steal. You get a quality dude like that at the most important position in the field who, yes, has a ton to learn. It's a steal. I don't care what you tell me. It, it's, it's a steal. You got to give me that much. That's a steal, right? Can we agree there? All right. I hope so. So those are my five Big 12 NFL draft steals. Marvin Mims uh, to the Broncos second round. Xavier Hutchinson to the Texans sixth round. Deuce Vaughn to the Cowboys sixth round. Uh, Dante Stills Cardinals sixth round. And Max Duggan to the Chargers in the seventh round. That's what I got. Uh, before we wrap it up here, a couple of the things to, to dive into. Um, we talked about the Big 12 playing games in Mexico. If you missed that, it's on the last podcast or YouTube video, so be sure to go check that out. Some other news came out this week about what the Big 12 may ultimately want to do. The Big 12 is eyeballing and exploring the possibility of live in-game interviews during football broadcasts. This per uh, Sports Illustrated. The Big 12 is exploring options to modernize its football broadcasts, including having live in-game interviews, more access to locker rooms before and after games, and live audio of its coaches before the game and elsewhere. So this is being discussed this week at the Big 12 meetings. This is a uh, no-brainer, an absolute no-brainer for the Big 12 as Brett Yormark once again combines his TV smarts, his TV savviness with his business ability to put together a model here for the Big 12 that keeps it relevant, that keeps it hip, that keeps it one step ahead, and keeps it one step behind the SEC and the Big 10. And that's the goal right now. Not to be on par, I understand the money's not going to be there, but to at least maintain yourself in that number three slot behind those top two conferences. And your mark, every move that he is making is basically built on doing that and doing that effectively. So kudos to him. Kudos to the Big 12. This is a smart play. It's a smart move. And as I've been saying for a very long time, very long time, in your mark, we trust, baby. So get on board. <laughs> get on board. I'm a big fan of this. And it looks like many of you on YouTube live are as well as I read through this. Uh, 513 Bearcat. I love it. Makes the games more exciting to watch. Absolutely. And, you know, as somebody who used to call college football games, I did that in a prior life. It's great to call a game. It's awesome to call a game. But on TV in 2023, there's so much more you can do than just have a guy say, you know, Duggan drops back, looking right, turns left, downfield, touchdown, Johnston. You know, I, there's like, yes, that stuff's important. No doubt about it. Not taking anything away from play-by-play -play guys. But in terms of adding to a broadcast, we've seen it with success in alternative ways, whether it's something like the Manning cast or just having people mic'd up. You know, I see now baseball games have, I think Sunday Night Baseball is miking up players. I was watching Sunday Night Baseball a couple of weeks ago, and they had a player mic'd up in center field. It's like, if that's the stuff they're doing, that's pretty cool. And if the Big 12 can be innovative with that as well, then that is a win-win for everybody involved, including, and most importantly, this conference. 
So stay tuned for that. We'll see what comes out of these big fall meetings. Subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. That way, if anything does break, anything crazy does happen with um, the Big 12 meetings, we're going to be here talking about it and exploring it and telling you what it means for you as a Big 12 fan and what it means for this conference at large. And if you want, I'm sending out a ton this week. If you want a free Heartland College sports koozie, all you have to do is leave a rating and a review on the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you all hooked up. We appreciate you. You have a great rest of your night. Thank you for helping this show grow organically to being now the lead Big 12 digital media outlet with millions of Big 12 fans taking in various forms of our content every single month. I can't thank you enough. We want to keep growing this thing and making it better, and you're helping us do that. So we appreciate you. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.